Welcome to Um That Just Happened. I'm Rodney Sinio. I'm Adam Flores. And this is it. This is the episode that we've been talking about where we're going to talk about Days of Future Past, the new X-Men movie. Now, this is fair warning. You either stop listening now, take the blue pill, and go watch the movie, get caught up, and come back to this podcast and listen to what we have to say about it, our reviews, our criticisms, our pros and our cons, or take the red pill and keep listening. And get spoiled up the ass. We're going to break this movie down. I don't know how long it's going to take. We actually might dedicate a full episode to it. So hang on to your seatbelts and let's dig in. So first of all, my overall take on X-Men Days of Future Past really should have been titled X-Men Days and Days of Watching Jennifer Lawrence. Now, I don't really have a problem with Jennifer Lawrence per se. She's great actress, hot girl, probably not even the top 20, not drop dead, I want to drink your bathwater hot, but definitely girl next door, great looking, kind of hot. Whether she's blonde, whether she's brunette, she's played both parts. Or redhead as Mystique. Or redhead as Mystique with blue skin, (laughs) with a blue tone. Hold on, real fast. So did you like the movie or did you not like the movie? You know, I'm actually indecided right now. I mean, okay, before we actually dig in, granted, it was a good movie to watch. I'd go see it again. I don't know if it's a DVD I'd buy on the day that it's released. I don't need to see anything in the movie again, per se. It was an entertaining film, and if you weren't an X-Men fan, it was a real entertaining film. But, and I'll, I'll get a lot of people who will tell me, oh, well, don't be the snob that it has to follow the comic book to the T. Oh, no. yeah, you're going to hear a lot of that from me. Yeah, no, <laughs> fuck that. You know, if nobody said anything, or nobody critiqued films, or nerds and geeks didn't combine and start talking about things that didn't follow the source material, we'd still be dealing with the 66 Batman and we'd never get to a Frank Miller Batman. It's true. So this needs to be voiced. This needs to be heard. We have to put it out into the ether, regardless of how good a movie it is, regardless of how much money it makes, regardless of what people think it was. People who don't even know X-Men, you're going to get schooled on this episode. A little bit. So this is going to be one giant segment of, um, I just saw that combined with comic cliff notes and maybe a few fuck yous in the interim. Uh, I guarantee Guaranteed. I would say that I liked the movie. I wasn't expecting to like the movie. Granted, you know, yes, I'm a big comic book fan. And I said to myself, I'm like, there's a lot of stuff before I even saw the movie that I had a gripe. That when I saw the movie, yeah, it was still there. But walking away from it, I actually enjoyed it a lot. Oh, don't get me wrong. what it was. Yeah, I thought my money was well spent, but I still have my gripes. I mean, I missed out on a few Marvel movies in the theater. Ghost Rider, the second one. I still haven't seen that, actually. It's not really that good. Yeah. second Punisher movie I didn't see in the theater I saw it on DVD I don't remember that one that wasn't very good there was a chance that I was just gonna be like fuck it I'll just wait for DVD but the closer got to it I was like man really want to see it looks like it's at least gonna be as you said entertaining and and one of those movies that you have to see in the theater to get the full experience out of it yeah I mean we've already been on this roller coaster ride of X-Men with the X2 groaning and I can't believe that just happened and then X3 debacle and then the Wolverine's origin which Granite, in its defense, it was an origin story, but still... Origin stories doesn't mean that the movie itself has to be poorly made. That was my thing. Yeah, it could be a boring movie, but it doesn't mean it has to be just... It looked like it went in the same vein as Elektra. Like, it was made 
for TBS only. I think I mentally blocked that movie out of my mind. Oh my god, I saw that in the theater. That was when I was just starting to say to myself, you know, I gotta be a little bit more decisive as to what movies I watch in the theater, because that was a waste of fucking time. Yeah, but all in reality, Wolverine's origin story is relatively a new topic to be tackled, so yeah. it's not like years and years of source material just got thrown out the window. I mean, the whole adamantium process and William Stryker and the story behind it and the ties to X2 a little bit was kind of cool but overall kind of cheesy could have done a better job I think yeah the new Wolverine movie much much better a vast vast improvement over Wolverine's origins and X-Men First Class what a way to revitalize the franchise even though we had plenty of gripes with the timeline yeah. and what the hell is this person doing in this timeline and there are a few nods to, you know, Magneto's helmet and even Nightcrawler and, you know, just... Well, Azazel's supposed to be Nightcrawler's dad. Yeah, we'll get to that, but yeah, he's supposed to hook up with Mystique and that's where we thought the direction was going when we last left X-Men First Class. Yeah. But... To take the cheap route, Fox just, instead of bringing that actor back, they just said, oh, we'll just mention him briefly in some pictures that he was actually dead. Same thing with Zoe Kravitz. What a waste. You could have brought her back. Was it really that much money to bring her back? Or was it just a producer's decision? Or maybe she had a scene that she yucked up and well, just I, cut it out? With as many high-caliber actors as you had in X-Men Days of Future Past... I'm sure they blew their budget just paying some of these people to be in the fucking movie. Yeah, Anna Paquin didn't even have a line. I don't know if we even saw her face. Yeah, she turned for one second and walked away with Bobby. Yeah. Which, what happened with him and Shadowcat? Like, they show her and Colossus together, but that turned into something else. My only, my biggest gripe Yeah, she's with, supposed to be with Colossus, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least they got that right, but Rogue isn't. I don't know. My biggest gripe with the newest Wolverine movie, The Wolverine, he's supposed to still not have his memory, right? That's supposed to take place after X3. He still doesn't know what happened to him back in the day. So how does he not know what happened to his adamantium skeleton, really, at that point? Because his memories are fucked up. So he doesn't know about that, but he remembers something that happened in Nagasaki in 1945? That was one big thing, and the other big thing that I was just like, uh, you guys gotta fix that was if he's getting shot up and it's actually hurting him for once why aren't his hands constantly just open sores from where the claws are popping out that's true because if his healing factor is fucked up then he should just be constantly bleed. I remember there's an issue where Rogue absorbs Wolverine's powers and she can't control herself and she says you know the wounds on my hand they stay raw all the time the claws won't allow him to close and she's like it has to be like that for you and he says it is but I deal with the pain that made me think of Wolverine like alright if this guy's dealing with that kind of pain on a constant basis that's pretty badass yeah you know they touched on a little bit on the actual x-men i thought they were going to get that movie right where rogue actually asked him even though they screwed up the story with rogue yeah. and jubilee do they ever hurt when they come out And he's just like all the time that was really great line great delivery i thought they were gonna you know, really get the story right from then but then it just took a cheesy turn yeah it took a cheesy turn on fucking on the statue of liberty <laughs> <laughs> but to get back to x-men days of future past Again, Days of Future Past, the storyline... Now, Rogue's not necessarily a pivotal character in the X-Men mythology. Granted, at one point, she did lead the Brotherhood. The story of Days of Future Past is she assassinates Senator Kelly. Yep. And then that's supposed to cause a chain of events to where Senator Kelly or his assassination or the people who followed Senator Kelly were to somehow start this political movement to get the Sentinels built. And the Sentinels hunt down the X-Men, which eventually leads to that super Sentinel... Nimrod. Nimrod, that one super Sentinel that's 
he's not really the Sentinels that they portray in the X-Men Days of Future Past Sentinel. He's just an awesome Sentinel. Smaller, compact, unrelenting, and it's one Sentinel. And he also comes back in time and becomes a political figure himself under the name of Bastion back in like the late 90s. Right around the Onslaught days. Oh my god. Onslaught. What happened to Onslaught in Days of Future Past? I thought Onslaught was going to be a thing. But apparently it's just too much of a budget or we're just going to take the safe route because nobody's going to recognize Onslaught. We don't need to pay any kind of homage then to Onslaught. Then you got to Magneto and Professor X together to make Onslaught. That well, turns they came one. back together anyway. So you got to figure Onslaught had to have come into the picture at some time. But yeah, let's just ignore that. Let's just ignore the source material. And it really felt like, granted, okay, Mystique was supposed to assassinate Senator Kelly, so she was pivotal in that storyline. But the whole story wasn't based around her. And that's what I felt like X-Men Danger Future Past was I feel like it was a move to where hey Jennifer Garner's hot Hunger Games Lawrence or, or sorry yeah Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> you got me thinking about uh, Electra. Electra I'm sorry <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence hot let's capitalize on her Hunger Games movement you know right. it's free promotion yeah. without having to advertise and then we're gonna do a spinoff so we might as well write a whole movie and have it revolve around Jennifer Lawrence which I don't know I, it really kind of kills me even more so than following the source material but at least she did play a role I mean she was a role in Days of Future Past I think she looked a lot better in this one than she did in X-Men First Class like they got her hair a little bit more slicked down it looked a lot more like the Rebecca Romaine one and for a chick that can change any feature why does she walk around naked think that she would just like yeah you keep keep the blue skin but be like the comic book throw a dress on every once in a while yeah that's true but she, she can change her dress too so what's the point of walking around naked i guess that's her whole mutant movement yes. i think they were just trying to do that for rebecca remain stamos because they wanted to do something other than just blue skin and i don't know that i can really blame them for that I mean, Zoe Zaldano in you know yeah, the previous... Hard. Well, no, the previews that I've seen for Guardians of the Galaxy, I think she needed a little more something. They did have, like, eye prosthetics around her face. But just painting somebody green... The same thing with David Batista, just painting him gray or whatever the hell color they painted He's him. He's supposed to be green, too, but they got, like, the red tattoos on him that look kind of cool. But yeah. we digress. This is an X-Men day. Starting from the beginning, you had an awesome scene showing some B-rate X-Men characters. Sunspot, who has been one of my favorite characters where they basically just boil him down to the... The human torch which he looks a lot cooler in the comics yeah sunspot they got the powers right they got the appearance wrong they just knocked off the human torch yeah, just sunspot's supposed to be like black and heat intensive mm-hmm. and dark solar rays you know it might as well have been sunfire the japanese one yeah maybe that's they, what i was saying maybe they couldn't have gotten somebody japanese or maybe they thought oh well we already have warpath and they figured oh they we're already filling the minority yeah so yeah, let's get somebody got the native american in there yeah let's get somebody sunspot he's supposed to be brazilian so we needed some ethnic diversity or something yeah Warpath or Thunderbird? I don't know which one it was. They're brothers. It was Warpath. Was it Warpath? According to the credits, it was Warpath. He's actually the second one, I believe. I think Thunderbird was the first. But Thunderbird died in his first issue of Giant Size X-Men number one. It was cool seeing him. I never thought I'd see him in a movie. Well, he was probably an affordable choice, right? Because they didn't really need to do any CGI for him. No. What were his superpowers? Like super sensitive hearing and sight? And... He's just supposed to have super strength. Like, yeah, so, so, like all the seeing down, you know, I see the sun was coming. I was like, well, he's right, supposed uh, to be super sensitive, so his sight's supposed to be. I suppose. 
heightened. Blink, it was awesome seeing Blink, who's from the Age of Apocalypse storyline, which I really, really enjoy. I just bought the entire compilation of that. Awesome story. Okay, here's my issue with Blink. I really appreciate the fact that they threw her in something us fanboys can really get giddy about because it's related to Age of Apocalypse and her storyline, but it was a smart move and it was a dumb move to throw her in because she's too powerful an X-Men to be thrown into that scene. Like, hello, she can open up a portal to anywhere, and her power can extend as far as the moon, so she could just open a portal, Sentinel go through the portal, and now the Sentinel's stuck in the moon. Or, as soon as they drop him out of that coffin-looking thing, oops, drop him in the moon, yeah, and I, credits. I mean, I think her whole thing is she's still not supposed to be 100% confident with her abilities. Like, she's good. She's really good. But even during the Age of Apocalypse, I mean, what could have stopped her back in the Age of Apocalypse days? Just being like, Apocalypse, I'll see you. Well, it was the poor choices that she made when she was on Magneto's team, where she was trying to herself but literally they at one point they called her a class four mutant and you know even just something simple as okay two portals underneath the sentinels where they just keep falling into portal after portal and they never get to the x-men i just thought it was poor choice for that fight scene even though that fight scene was really great um it i did enjoy cool blink and blink's supposed to be i think she was supposed to be all pink by the way too yeah right? but it was just yeah. by that point it just turns into how many different people are you going to have with different colors yeah and we're just nitpicking and probably the whole podcast we're going to be nitpicking hold on here's something that's not a nitpick <laughs> that I was just like, whoa, what the fuck did they just do? And that's Shadowcat, Kitty Pride, with the whole, I'm putting my hands on either side of this person's head and doing what? Her powers are to phase through things. That's her powers. She has a secondary power of being able to disrupt electronic devices and electronic circuitry. By passing through them. But yeah, you're right. The whole movie, I'm like, as soon as she put her hands on either side of Wolverine's head to send him back in time, which she does not have that power, okay, I was in complete just like, uh uh-oh, if I'm a little upset about this, the devotion X-Men fans must be losing their fucking minds. Oh yeah, so she was the one who was actually supposed to be going back in time. It was was it Rachel? Rachel Summers. Rachel Summers. Otherwise known as Phoenix. Scott and Jean Grey's kid, I think. Mm -hmm. But because... Fox decided to not stick to the source material and killed off Scott Summers in X3. Oh my god, huge mistake. They couldn't have had a kid, so they had to continue with a storyline that didn't exist. So they decided to give the random X-Men another power so she could still be involved in the story. Which, by the way, what a waste of Ellen Page just having her sit down the whole movie. Now, that was another one. Okay, you have Jennifer Lawrence who's hot right now because of her involvement in Hunger Games, her Academy Award winning performance, real great movies like American Hustle. American Hustle. She's really on top of her game. Now, of course they're going to throw Ellen Page in there, who now has a huge following after she came out and is a big thing to a lot of people now because well, even though most people kind of assumed at this point that she was gay, that it was just like, okay, now that's not to say that I don't like Shadowcat. I really do. I like Ellen Page a lot as well. Even before her big reveal, I enjoyed Juno and a lot of her other movies, but from a financial aspect, you could tell that Fox was just like, okay, let's throw her in there because She's big right now, and we'll get a lot of support for people that want to support her for her lifestyle and all that kind of thing. And and after a while, it was something that was just as easy as saying, this mutant that used to be around named Forge, he died. He gave me these gauntlets that are able to make me jump through time. Boom. That's two sentences at most that you could have written in there. You give the fans a little something, a little nod to a superhero that they won't be seeing, and you can explain this without having to disrupt what her powers are. Yeah, and you know what? If I didn't know better... 
I would think Juno's pregnant again because just putting her in the movie to have her sit down the entire time, I mean, that's old school sitcom trick to get around the fact that, that somebody's pregnant. Yeah. But, okay, to rewind a little bit, I did take issue with, do we even bother explaining how Professor Xavier came back in his Professor Xavier form? Yeah, he I mean, always just says, like, oh, I told you I had a special gift or, you know, I'm able to do... But he does explain how it's... Okay, even if he submits his subconscious into another body. That guy can't walk? Yeah, and what about the other body? Why don't you have him played by somebody else? Not that I'd want to see anybody but John luc Picard play Professor Xavier. I mean, he could even do as much to say as, you know, I'm projecting a mental <coughs> image of, of you seeing me. But how shitty does it be if I'm projecting this mental image of you seeing me and it sucks for me that I'm still in the wheelchair? Yeah, Patrick Stewart, by the way, I didn't know that. I just kind of wanted to tie in for all you Trekkies. <laughs> Captain John and Luke Picard. We're touching all bases today. Sir Patrick Stewart. Has he been knighted? I believe so. Oh, wow. Actually, I'm not sure now. I know there's Sir Ian McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen. I don't see why Patrick Stewart... If he's not knighted right now, I'm knighting him as we speak. I officially dubbed the Sir Patrick Stewart, a.k.a. Professor X... Nice. Boom. But yeah, getting back to that, how about an explanation about how he came back? We destroyed him in, was it X-Men Last Stand? Yep. We just kind of obliterated him into particles, and supposedly he took the conscious of somebody that Moira McTaggart was watching over. And what the hell happened to Moira McTaggart? She was in X-Men Last Stand. What was that actress's name? Well, in X-Men Last Stand, it was Rose Byrne. Underrated hot chick. Yeah, also in Bridesmaids. We appreciate in X-Men Last Stand the need for her to just, okay, strip down to your bra and underwear and then run into that club. No, no, that was first class. In first class. You said last stand. Oh, sorry. That's X3. Maureen McTaggart's in that one also, isn't she? And she plays a pivotal role. I mean, wasn't she supposed to be there for Xavier? And let's talk about the Xavier when we get to it. But getting back to the opening sequences, new Sentinel technology dropping out of strangely flying coffins. What is it about the future that's portrayed in all of these movies that has to completely ignore the laws of aerodynamics, where it's just a floating coffin? In Tron, it was like a floating two-legged thing. All these future movies, Voltron floating coffins, do the laws of aerodynamics just somehow not apply in the future? Probably. I would be surprised. That was just really annoying. But getting back to that scene, Sentinels, the new Sentinels, did they or did they not look just like the, what was that robot in Thor that was protecting the... The Destroyer. Yeah. Kind of like a weak knockoff and how about just recycling the special effects and not putting in Nimrod and let's just use the X-Men powers and just repeat them over again so that way we don't have to spend any money on any creative artwork or creative CGI Those other than guys, the ones we already did. Back in the day in... Man, I want to say, I think sometime in the 80s, back in the days of Captain Britain, there was Alan Moore created a being called the Fury, which was part sentient, part robot that looked just like those uh, Nimrod Sentinels that I was just like, holy fuck, they totally bit off of the Fury, but I mean, it's Excalibur, X-Men, it's all in the same vein. I was actually a little surprised by that. It's known for adapting with each superhero, so that was cool. But then when we went back to the purple Sentinels that we're used to seeing with the color scheme, it looked like shit. It was just like a Harrier jet engine with arms, legs, and a weak-ass face. Yeah, but at the same time, it looked like something that would have been made in the 70s at the same time, which I don't know if that's good or bad, but... Yeah, supposedly all polymer, all plastic, no metal in them. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, what kind of foresight do you have to have to be able to make that thing, though? Well, supposedly Magneto, everybody knew about, and they were storing him in the Pentagon, except the general public didn't know it. Um, I don't know. So anyways, one X-Men that we didn't mention that was kind of nice to see in the opening sequence, Bishop, was yes. nice to see him. Now, Bishop, marked by the mutant scar M on his face, which... Kind of makes me think about Spawn. Does that have any relation? Does Spawn have the M on his chest and kind of is an homage to Bishop or anything I, to do with that? I doubt it. I don't think Todd McFarlane was that big of a fan of 
Bishop back in the day. Hmm. I don't know. But it was really cool to see Bishop, the M-Mutant Scar. But then again, why wouldn't the other mutants have M-Mutant Scars on his face? There was a little kid that they showed in the beginning. He had an M scar on his face. His sister had it in the comic book. But I think those are certain ones that have been captured before or something like that. Ah, comment retracted. In the mutant killing scene, or the mutant concentration camp, they kind of made an homage to the Genosian collars. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody caught that on the back of their necks. Which... If you're in Genosha, or if you're Genosian, or if you're rogue even, and you have a problem where you can't be with your boyfriend or significant other, or if you're a beast, you know, you don't want to be blue all the time, why wouldn't you just keep one of those collars? That was my problem with this movie, by the way. We'll get to that. Let's move a little bit past the beginning, because we could spend a whole podcast just on that. We could talk about how Bishop's powers don't match up to what's supposed to be in it, whatever. We should really break this down if we're going to make it a whole podcast. So the other thing is, all right, yes, it's dramatic in the beginning. Oh my God, Iceman dies, Bishop dies, the human torch, well, no, Bishop doesn't die. The, the Human Torch dies, or Sunspot dies. Warpath dies. Blink dies. Oh my god, I can't believe this is actually happening. Colossus. And then all of a sudden, hey, we escaped. It made it look like it was the next morning. Yeah. Like, they don't explain anything until like 10 minutes later. I'm like, what, you know what the they, fuck just happened? They don't even tell you who these X-Men are. I mean, Bishop, easily identifiable. Blink, if you follow the X-Men mythology, you'd know who it was. But, you know, Sunspot, Sunfire, he fucked up his power, so who the hell is this guy? Iceman, obvious. Colossus, obvious. Warpath, the paint across the face, kind of a dead giveaway. But, you know, if we're going to cater to the people who aren't familiar with the source material, let's at least do a small introduction or not, or fucking name tags, or hello, my name is, t-shirt. Yeah, something. Although I mean, I... we could do it with everybody else that we killed off or couldn't afford to put in the movie. Why couldn't we just, like, hey, Sunspot? I like the fact that they're using actual comic book characters in this one rather than they did in X3 or in X-Men First Class how they just they have mutants in there that they don't have any place in the Marvel Universe like when well, yeah, Magneto goes to visit the Morlocks you could do so many just subtle nods in there yeah, but I mean, okay, look at Toad. All of a sudden, Toad's in the 60s, but all of a sudden, he's in X-Men 1. It's supposed to be the same guy. Oh, all right, let's get this out of the way right now. Continuity, even the producers of these movies are like, look, this continuity's all over the fucking place. I mean, in the first X-Men movie, they show Beast as being human, but they just show him on a TV screen. They're like, Dr. Hank McCoy, and he's just there with glasses. By the time you get to X3, he's completely blue all the time. So you can't have it both ways. There's so many plot hole gaps in these movies, it's, it's enough to make your head spin. Yeah, who's Emma Frost? Is it the hot chick from X-Men Last Stand? Or is it the mediocre chick from X-Men The Wolverine who was playing alongside... Cyclops? Who was a kid. Who was Wolverine's love interest in that movie? In the first Wolverine movie? In Wolverine Origins? Wolverine Origins. I think it was Silver Fox. Silver Fox? What's the actual actress's name? I don't know, but that's another thing. You have Wolverine's origin story should have been so much better than what it was in general. Just, I was very, very disappointed in that movie. Which sucks, because you have something that's so easy to just pour money into in the right ways, and they just, I felt like they rushed it a lot, but whatever. Uh, let's see. Her name is Lynn Collins. Lynn Collins. She was in John Carter, wasn't she? Yes, she's a hottie. She was my pick to be Wonder Woman. She was basically Wonder Woman in John Carter. If you haven't seen it, great movie. I really feel underrated. And yeah, that could be our underrated, overrated. We're going to be all out of order, non-continuous, just like, just like the, the X-Men franchise. Yep. Lynn Carter. That's who was uh, Emma's Frost's sister. I don't even think that had anything to do with the no. mythology. Let's just throw that in there so you feel sorry for her. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, kill off all the main characters in the opening sequence. I thought they were going to pull a scream... <laughs> And then just use different characters, but they just decide to bring them back. Which makes me not care about those characters dying. I don't feel sympathetic at all that they died. And then they died again in the end. I mean, it's kind of like... Alert. 
It's kind of like the end. <laughs> spoiler alert for this whole podcast. Yeah. It's kind of like the end of American Horror Story 3 where, you know, everybody dies, but you know that they're just going to come back. So who gives a shit if they die or not? American Horror Story 3. The Coven? The third season. I haven't seen that. Spoiler God alert. damn it. Sorry, well, people die every episode and it doesn't matter because they all come back. Uh, whatever. Ruined. Okay, here's another big gripe. Now... In Days of Future Past, the comic book, the person that gets sent back, well, in one of the storylines, a time jumper that gets sent back and forth a lot of times, especially this one, is Bishop. Or Kitty Pride. Or not Wolverine. Yeah, we're just trying to capitalize on Hugh Jackman, and let's throw in something for ladies to show his bare ass. I was worried it was going to be the sixth Wolverine movie, because let's be honest, the first three X-Men movies, they were all Wolverine movies. Then you have two solo Wolverine movies, and then X-Men First Class didn't use them, but now this one did. That's because we kind of blew the budget on Patrick Stewart. Ian McKellen, and now Hugh Jackman, who's a really high-paid actor, and we got James Marsden to play Cyclops. Now, nothing wrong with James Marsden. He's a good actor. He's really great in Sex Drive, where basically he just kind of plays a knockoff Stifler. Dude, he plays a second-rate everything. But Cyclops is supposed to be almost the equivalent, not with the super strength, but almost the equivalent of Captain America. He's supposed to be that badass. Yeah. And they basically made him a cock blocker for Wolverine, who wants to hook up with Jean Grey. His Cyclops' his girlfriend. If anybody should look like the dick it's Wolverine but everyone's just like oh yeah look at this motherfucker gonna take Cyclops' girl no if you were Cyclops why the fuck would you like Wolverine there's no reason James Marsden in every movie that he's okay Superman Returns he's in that he plays second fiddle to Superman in The Notebook even that bullshit movie he plays second fiddle to Ryan Gosling I feel like every movie that he's in wherever the main guy is this guy's falling short which sucks because like you said Cyclops is up there as one of the leaders of these teams and he gets no love whatsoever which which, by the way, Famke Jensen, Ugh. yeah, not so much. Not so much at all. You know what? I would have liked to see Chris Evans play Cyclops. He already played the Human Torch, and now he's already Captain America. I thought he yeah. would have been a good Cyclops. I think he'd have been a great Cyclops, but oh well. What are you going to do? Famke Jensen, I wouldn't have cast Famke Jensen as Jean Grey. I wanna. I might have cast somebody like Nikki Cox would be a great Jean Grey. Natural I redhead. Just, I was literally just talking about Nikki Cox there. That's weird. I don't know who I would cast, but they always seem to do some real dumb shit like that in all these movies. Like Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane. Like, are you kidding? Mary Jane's supposed to be like a supermodel type, bro. Not actually. Emma Stone would have played a good Mary Jane. Yeah, I think she did a pretty good Gwen Stacy. She oh. did a good Gwen Stacy. And I can't believe we haven't talked about Amazing Spider-Man two yet. Uh, but I guess we'll get to that. You got to do point. that one with Nelson. We got to get Nelson. Ah, uh, you didn't like that one. I mean. It's an X-Men day. We'll handle Spider-Man when we need to. Okay, getting back to X-Men Days of Future Past. I did love the. Okay, don't get me wrong. I like the fight sequence. I hate that they recycled the X-Men powers. I liked Iceman's bridge, which they finally showed in the movie for a split second. Would have been cooler to see that throughout the movie. Um, that was something that I grew up with Spider-Man and the Super Friends, with Firestar, Iceman's no, Spider-Man bridge. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, with Iceman and his bridges, and, and Firestar, Firestar. Which, by the way, if Iceman bridges were just filtered throughout the city, I mean, wouldn't everything be just sloppy? And... No, because you got Firestar right behind him, melting it all and drying it up. Oh, so. <laughs> that makes sense. That's why they had that nice little counterbalance going on. I like the fact that this X-Men movie, when you come across the 1970s Professor X, mirrors a lot of what was going on in the days right after the Vietnam War with a lot of blatant drug use. Yeah, he was using this thing to assist with the pain in his back, which diluted his superpowers, but, I mean, you trade that off for heroin and you got the classic American tragedy of what happened to a lot of guys when they came back from war. Yeah, no, I didn't like that whole sequence. That just gave me bad memories of Dark Knight Rises. Oh, I lost everything. I lost the girl that I really liked, so let 
let me just hide out in my house and grow a beard and fucking... But this was more dramatic than I think happened to him. Him was, I lost a girl that didn't want me anyway. <laughs> and I took eight years off, and I didn't want to be Batman. Oh, one day we're going to have a fucking field day with the Dark Knight series. But that just gave me bad memories. I understand a more accurate portrayal of post-Vietnam and let's do drugs and giving up on everything, but I don't know. That just Is that the new thing now? I mean, I feel for, bad for anybody who loses what's important to them, but... Okay, just grow a beard and hang out and just be a bum and not do your job. I mean, I don't know. I didn't like that whole part where it's just him and Hank McCoy. And by the way, the Beast design in X-Men First Class was the best awesome. Beast design that I've ever seen. Why would you revert back to... I mean, was it because you wanted to easily transition Kelsey Grammer in back to the weird kind of Beast design from X-Men Last Stand? Which I didn't mind that either. I mean, he had the weight of age on him. But Beast is actually my favorite X-Men. So I was very, very upset that they essentially turn him into a Hulk-like character, where he could switch back and forth when he's angry and when he's docile. You can't do that. Beast's whole struggle is that, okay, he was struggling with his appearance and wanted to look normal. So he took this serum that he created to counterbalance it, and now he has to suffer even more so. And he learned to grow to love the way he looked being who he is. You can't take that away. That's like Peter Parker doing the whole, with great power comes great responsibility and halfway through a movie, he's like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to that anymore and just decides to abandon it. That's taken away so much of who that character is. Don't get me wrong, the guy that plays him plays him well. And when he's actually blue and beast-like and all this stuff, awesome. Couldn't wait to see it. But you're detracting so much of the struggle that that character's gone through. The dichotomy. For 30-some-odd years. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That was probably a budgeting call because, hey, we didn't want to pay our costuming guy or we didn't want this guy to have to sit in makeup for eight hours. But you could have done the comic book thing because back in, I think, the 90s it was, the 80s or 90s, he created for himself and for Nightcrawler an image inducer, which when people looked at him, they had this little switch that they would turn on and off that the way that they would look to people that are staring at them are humanoid versions of themselves. Oh, that's right. They did that in the uh, X-Men We're in High School cartoon. He's a fucking genius. He could have just made that and you could have bypassed that whole thing. That's another one of those where okay, we're going to write one sentence and this shit's going to work. But they decided to opt out of that one too, which that was a swift kick in the nuts to me. Like I said, Beast is my favorite character. It was rough to see that happen. It was nice to see Wolverine when he came back in time and he's hugging Professor X and all this kind of shit because that is a lot like there's a series written by I can't remember who it is Alex Ross helped with the storyline and it was called the Earth X series and in that X50 X51 otherwise known as Machine Man pulls people from different timelines and he pulls Wolverine which from the Days of Future Past storyline and he gets to go to a wedding between Aurora and the Black Panther and he's hugging everybody and he's happy to see Colossus and all this shit and it, it felt a lot like that which was really really cool to watch and see Wolverine actually be happy to see people and be a little bit more jovial not brooding all the time like you know they want to make him sound it's cool to see a deeper side of Professor X, a darker side, without it being forced into him being an asshole. Michael Fassbender easily becoming one of my favorite actors of all time. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm glad they were able to incorporate him, bring him back as Magneto, because he's been the most badass Magneto that we've seen to date. Oh my god, he's amazing. Speaking of callback to Nightcrawler, wouldn't be an um that just happened episode without a fuck you segment. Oh yeah, fuck you to Alan Cumming. Fuck Alan Cumming for not coming back. Because you think you're too good to play Nightcrawler. And by the way, 
Fox, Nightcrawler is blue with lots of makeup and contacts and fake teeth and a fucking tail. Couldn't we get somebody else to play Alan Cumming? Because Nightcrawler is an awesome fucking character. Yeah. One of the pivotal X-Men. Yep. And because Alan Cumming wouldn't come back, we're just not going to use him. Although Azazel was a nice touch. Yeah, it was. Why did we just have to kill him off and then show his picture in a file with Zoe Kravitz? Just kind of a waste. And even Havoc. Oh, you're in for two seconds. You know, Mystique led the Brotherhood. She could have recruited those people to help her out. It didn't need to be all about Mystique and her power being pivotal for the shitty Sentinels that are going to be the end of all the mutants. Yeah, for the most part, I was pissed about that too, especially with the whole Alan Cumming. Like, what the fuck is Alan Cumming doing right now? He came out with a cologne called Cumming, so you get to spray cum all over yourself. <laughs> That's the dumbest shit I ever heard in my life. You know, just now I was looking at his IMDP page. He doesn't really have anything going for him. No. He was on Dora the Explorer, Night Show with Jimmy Fallon as Master of Ceremonies. Okay. He was just like, uh, I didn't really care for the makeup process. I'm not coming back. You fucking idiot. You know what? Paint me blue every day for the rest of my life. I'll sit in that fucking chair for 10 hours. Yeah, who would do it? Who wouldn't want to get the Hugh Jackman paycheck? Oh, I mean, come God. on. You could be with Nightcrawler because he's just an awesome, awesome character. I would have bet there would have been a million X-Men fans out there who would have paid to see a Nightcrawler spinoff because that's such an interesting character. His dichotomy, you know, he, he and Beast could have done their own TV series, right. I think. You could have branched along in him and him and Rogue's <coughs> relationship, being that they're like half-brother and sister. If you're going to tell the Mystique story... We basically pissed on the Rogue story because we're not going to include Miss Marvel. Rogue can't fly. She's a teenager, and she has nothing to do with Mystique, which yeah. really sucks. Okay, bringing up children, by the way. Quicksilver. Oh, God. Does Magneto not recognize his own son? Or, okay, maybe he just banged that gypsy woman who was supposed to kill herself, by the way. And I then, like that little nod to it, though. Like, he's like, my mom dated a guy that had magnetic power. That was like, just a quick little thing for the fans to be like, ho, ho, ho. Oh, they kind of said it, but they didn't have to. I didn't like the fact that they just called him Peter. It's supposed to be Pietro. Pietro. And he's supposed to have a twin? Well, if you notice, towards the end, when he's sitting down watching TV, he has a little girl in his lap. Yeah, who's awful small for a twin. Well, I mean, Magneto had two kids, or two daughters. He had Scarlet Witch, and then he had Lorna. Well, I guess that's true. Who also had magnetic powers. So, I don't know, maybe they're breaking it down that way. But I think his character was really cool to see. Yeah, Evan Peters did an awesome job portraying Quicksilver. Which, by the way, is he going to be the same person who's portraying nope. wow that sucks. and they can't I don't think they call him Quicksilver in the movie but I think they're gonna call him Quicksilver in the Avengers oh okay they can't talk about Magneto in the Avengers they can't talk about him being a mutant in the Avengers yeah Special fuck you to Fox yeah, for just trying to make some money on that shit. Hugh Jackman is dying to tie in X-Men and the Avengers. Yeah, I think he even said that what he would like to see is Fox and Marvel get their shit together so X-Men and Avengers can come together or fight or battle or whatever yeah, the he, hell it he is. He says he wants to see Wolverine fight the Hulk. Do you know what the fuck that would do to me? Comics Cliff Notes, Wolverine's first appearance was actually in The Incredible Hulk, not in X-Men or Giant Size X-Men number one as most people believe. Nice nod to Comic Cliff Notes. Boom. You guys have just been scored. Hugh Jackman, just fucking quit Fox. Marvel Studios will pay you just as much money. You can walk on to a role where you're just called... I don't know if they can even use Logan. They could call you Patch. You could do the whole Patch thing. Now that Samuel Jackson is gone, you could be Patch. Who, you know, Wolverine dressed as a guy in Madripoor with a fucking white blazer like he's Indiana Jones and a patch over his eyes. Still had the crazy hair. Sometimes popped the claws, but not often. And that was actually back in the day of Joe Fixit when the Hulk was gray in the 80s. But, yeah. And maybe, maybe... If if you go to Marvel, they'll put you in a fucking costume. Yeah. How about, oh. how about they don't even show the costume 
in the actual the Wolverine movie except as a deleted scene. What a waste. Oh my god, dude. You know how sick that costume would have looked? I swear to god, I would have been the first one in line for X-Men Days of Future Past if they said he's going to wear that costume. Yeah, and by the way, fucking up the Lady Deathstrike Yuriko mythology timeline continuity and not bringing Kelly Hugh back, which, by the way, has anybody seen Kelly Hugh in the last she's, couple of years? She's hanging out with Alan Cumming, oh, apparently. Yeah. The two of them are just fucking gallivanting around coming all over the things. Jeez. But so, yeah. yeah, Evan Peters, my favorite, favorite sequence, I think, in the whole movie was that if I could put time in a bottle, like, yeah. as he put his headphones in. Yeah, so none like playing a little Jim Croce as you got a character running around the room, flicking bullets out of the air and making people punch themselves in the face. That was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that part was amazing. I think if I could have any of the powers in that movie, that would be the power that I want, just to have all the time in the world to do whatever. And that really reminded me of a DuckTales episode. Where Gyro invents this stopwatch where the nephews get a hold of it and they go to a baseball game and they rig the baseball game for the team that they want to win. I always thought that would be a really great thing. If, if I had that ability, I mean, I would be shit playing in the NFL, the NBA, just racking up the money. I wouldn't be. Even though Beast is my favorite character and stuff and there are a lot of great X-Men, Professor X's power is just the way to go. Like being able to go up to my boss and be like, you're going to go ahead and pay me for the rest of my life and I'm not going to show it to work. I'll see you never again. Yeah, but would you really want to deal with all those voices in your head and being here. I mean, if, if you teach yourself, you could tune it out. Yeah, I suppose so. You could freeze time then, too. I mean, Professor X does it all the time. I guess you could. <laughs> <laughs> Point taken. This whole sequence is really good. I don't like the fact that he's you know, some American hippie. Well, he's not even a hippie kid, but he's starting to be like, you know, the whole rock aficionado of the late 70s or the mid to late 70s. And it was just, I don't know, I don't even like Quicksilver that much, period. He was only really an X-Men later in the 90s and a little bit in Age of Apocalypse. But for the most part, he's an Avenger. He's not even an X-Men. Yeah, wouldn't it be good to bring him along on your mission? Don't you think you'd find... That was the other thing. Just, oh, it's, okay, could we not afford to give Evan Peters more scenes. I thought you said Evan Peters. <laughs> Could we not afford to give Evan Peters more scenes? I mean, the guy can't be paid that well. He's showing up to Wizard World Chicago and selling VIP tickets for, what, 70 bucks? Even the part where he's sitting down watching TV, being who he is, you're telling me he wouldn't just run over there to see what the fuck was going on? Yeah, he could have ran to wherever it was that they were. Going to that sequence real fast, when Magneto picked up that baseball field, or the stadium. Oh, At we should, first... We should get to that. We should follow oh, all the other are... gripes that we have. We're going to have chronological gripes and try to follow along with the storyline of the movie. Oh, boy. Let's see. Okay, so getting to it. The movie portrays Mystique as seducing one of those officers from the Vietnamese army that plans on surrendering and then Trask comes in. You know, if you're going to eliminate Senator Kelly, Trask is kind of an odd pull to gear a storyline around and the assassination of Trask. And even weirder than that, I probably should have done the research to find this out, but does Stryker really come into play with Boulevard Trask? Is that part of the storyline? Is that actually a thing? Or no. we're just trying to reach so that way we can tie all these stories together, except not having the actual actors who played these people because because the guy who played Stryker in all three movies that he was featured in, just totally different guys. Well, I mean, in X2, it was a different guy from X-Men Wolverine Origins, and the guy from X-Men Wolverine Origins isn't the same guy that they were going to throw in this. So, I mean, I can't be too mad at them. 
Yeah, that but one. really bad casting, though. I mean, you could at least make an effort to find somebody similar. For the most part, yeah. I mean, if you look at Sir Alec Guinness and Ian McGregor, spitting image yeah. of a younger Sir Alec Guinness. I think they somehow, over a computer, they compared the two faces. Yeah, they and, did like an overlay. Yeah, and it looked like they were actually the same person. Really well cast. I mean, you could have at least looked at, again, not even the comic source material, your own source material to kind of, hey, let's find a guy who looks like this guy. You know what I was happy about with this movie? That in the scene where she goes to kill Bolivar Tress and she points the gun downward at him. Because <laughs> he's a midget. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that when Magneto hit her in the leg, for the rest of the movie, they gave her a limp. Which was awesome. Because I'm just like, okay, they didn't just bypass it with she can heal over the wound because she's able to redistribute her molecules or something like that. It was a really good thing that somebody was there like, uh uh-uh, Jennifer, no, can you limp a little bit more? Thank you. You, you got your right leg. You need a limp. It was good that somebody was on top of that kind of shit. Yeah, that was pretty good. Because stuff like that, that X-Men movie movie seemed to fuck up big time. If it were Rooney Mara, she probably would have took a bat to the leg just so she could walk oh around God. with the limp. Crazy broad. It was a really good scene when Magneto was just pulling at her with the bullet in her leg and she was trying to fight it. Oh, but that whole bullet curve, I've never seen the movie, but I think I just finished editing the podcast oh, where we talked about Wanted. Oh, my God. Oh, that was horrible flashback. Poorly timed. And then... That's two movies of James McAvoy with fucking curving bullets. <laughs> yeah, that's what did it for me. It's like, isn't that guy in the same movie? But, okay, does Wolverine really need to have a seizure oh, yeah. when he sees Stryker? Oh, my God. I mean, when other characters run into each other, I mean, they don't, oh, oh my God, these guys are going to, I mean, yeah, okay, Wolverine probably went through the most pain. But, but they only did that just so that he could stab this chick in the shoulder or just slice her up a little bit in Because we needed to have future. Ellen Page do something else than just sit there. Which, why didn't she phase through it? <laughs> it's her whole power! That's a good point. Instead of just sitting there and making something more dramatic and making us actually believe that oh Iceman God. really cares for her. I was just and like, you... But she... I Alright. Through a fictitious power that, I don't know, they just made up because they fucked up more of the storyline and the continuity before. But they're still trying to follow the original source material to an extent. So I go back and forth with that. I don't think we needed the whole airport scene when Magneto talks to her inside that phone booth. I think you could have skipped all that. Uh, Actually, I thought it was kind of a nice sequence where, you know, it showed that he trained her well and she worked under his tutelage. Because that's the only part that really touches on. She basically takes over the Brotherhood after Magneto disappears. And they don't really address that or pay homage to that and she goes out on her own you freed like eight mutants from vietnam including havoc and toad which you could have used along the way probably would have helped you prevent from getting shot in the leg and that's another one who's the sick guy and who's the guy with spikes on his head didn't we go through that in next three a guy with spikes i think when they run out of mutants and they <laughs> they don't bother looking at but the comic books there's like let's make somebody was, with spikes it's literally the same thing there's like some asshole on the fox border directors they're like hey we need another mutant here now you know what i thought it was i thought they were going to try to make those guys turn out to be almost like the four horsemen of the apocalypse like one guy was death one guy was pestilence you know, oh so yeah and that, so forth War. there was that one guy who had the toxic thing yeah and I was just like oh because the next movie they're gonna wrap it up with apocalypse that would be actually pretty cool but no Fox fucked up again nope random guys uncredited I don't even know if they're on IMDB if they were, I don't even know what character I'm looking for. Let's see, Toad's on there. I don't know who the fuck Ramon is or Ink. Ink. Who knows? It might sound like we're nitpicking, but these are big things. This stuff, you got, yeah, you got ample room to mention 
just slightly little shit, and you guys are bypassing it. Yeah, but they get too cute with, like, just mentioning and throwing names out there and having a piece of paper fall on the ground, and you find names that you recognize on there. It gets a little too, like, Mortal Kombat 2, where they just mention, oh, yeah, Cyrax and Nightwolf. We're not going to put in the movie, by the way, did this one thing, and that's all we're going to reference them about. Nightwolf was from Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah, Mortal Kombat 2. I was talking about Mortal Kombat 2 and Hell. Yeah, 2. I don't know. I think they just missed out on a big, big opportunity. I did like the sequence where Professor Xavier is trying to locate Raven, and she's walking through the airport, and everybody she turns around is an avatar of Xavier trying to talk her. That was... Yeah. Very reminiscent of Fallen. Yes! That was an yes. awesome, awesome movie. One of my favorite horror movies. I don't know if you can consider it a horror movie. One of the best Denzel Washington movies that's completely underrated. All right, my nigga, that's what I'm talking about. Everybody right here. I'm telling you, my nigga. <laughs> yeah, nice, underrated movie. If you ever get the chance, watch the movie Fallen. If you're into the supernatural aspects, I know we don't talk about religions, but there's a little play on the devil there. It's got some nice twists in it and a lot of suspense. Great, great movie. Really, really good acting. Check it out. Yet another reason to petition for Professor Xavier's power. Yeah. Which that was a really cool power. Yeah, I would do that in a fucking heartbeat. So then they switch back to the scene in the future where... Where, yeah, Wolverine slashes Kitty Pride because he's fallen into a seizure in the 60s. And then Storm starts fighting the Sentinels, which I don't know why you can't cause an electrical storm storm and just completely disrupt all the sentinel electronics i mean i understand it's not metal or they're not supposed to be metal but how are you going to absorb a lightning shock right. what about a little hailstorm 1.21 gigawatts you, you, you are... probably send those sentinels <laughs> back to the future back to the future future okay if you're storm all day hailstorms tornado yeah you're like the most powerful X-Men, and you can't stop a giant robot coming to you. Which, also, I think we touched on it before, but Blink. How about a portal? How about Storm throws a tornado through a Blink portal? Yeah. And the Sentinel winds up in the moon. How about you just throw a fucking portal, which redirects all the Sentinels in the other direction, so they're just like, wait, are we going there? Never mind. We're headed this way anyway, let's just go home. So it's- then we get to Magneto picking up an entire baseball stadium. Which I was really confused what the fuck he was doing at first. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? doing yeah like, where, where's he going with this is it talk about a little literally over dramatic i mean we already saw the golden gate bridge not to say that it's been done before but six and one half dozen or the other he's picking up a giant metal structure you know what? i would have preferred to see him pick up 50 cars and buses and just built a fort as opposed to hey let's just pick up this baseball stadium hold on real quick what about the train sequence where mcneil decides to rip up the rails of the train and inject the Sentinels with him? Is that what he was doing? He injected the Sentinels with metal so he can control the Sentinels. But, by the way, if you had the Sentinels there, and you knew the Sentinels were going to be the cause for all your problems in the future, wouldn't it have been easier just to crush the metal containers that contain the Sentinels? Right, or derail the fucking train? Credits. <laughs> Movie over, no need to revolve around Jennifer Lawrence anymore. Magneto, problem solved. Or fucking blow up the factory. Well, not blow up the factory because you're Magneto, but crush the factory that's making the Sentinels. Maybe the Sentinels aren't made out of metal, but I guarantee you the assembly line and all the things that are assembling those Sentinels are. Or he could have laid in the cut somewhere, and when the Sentinels were there at that little display thing, make believe that one of the Sentinels went crazy and killed Bolivar Trask. Everyone assumes that there's no metal in them. Yeah, or make the Sentinels fall apart. Part. Have one of those old school springs yeah. from the really bad 70s cartoons pop up and go. 
So that Bolivar Trask looks like an idiot. Either dies or looks like an idiot, and nobody will fund his research anymore. And boom, no more future Sentinels. Credits. Credits. That's all you needed to do. No, you know what? I'm gonna take over the Sentinels and cause more reason. Smart move, Magneto. Right. For people to build better Sentinels to fight the X-Men. Exactly. And I'm going to go over dramatic and pick up a stadium and drop it and surround it by the White House. Which, at that point, there's only one way to save the day. And that's Mystique. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one person you will never see, almost ever, in an X-Men comic saving the day is fucking Mystique. Well, I guess she is an expert marksman in the comic. I mean, they frequently show her with sniper rifles. And but she didn't use a... She wasn't shooting anybody. The one person she was going to shoot is the little man, and it never comes down to it. Because Bolivar Trask... Although, I do like the whole little switch where, like, you know, she pretends to be the president. That was a nice little change at the end, and she actually does save the day. I'll give you that. But... Does she shoot Magneto with a plastic gun? Yeah. Oh, okay, so that's why he couldn't stop the bullet. Yeah. Well, at least we weren't subject to more shitty bullet curbing. But you have an entire metal stadium around you. If you can't stop the bullet, pull something to block the motherfucker. Or take those credit. Or take your fucking helmet off with your magnetic powers and launch it at that motherfucker. <laughs> or just put it in front of the bullet. Yeah, something. Don't make it seem like, oh no, there's a piece of plastic floating in front of me. Come on. Your Magneto, you're better than that. For storyline's sake, I was happy with it though. When this guy fucking launched Wolverine out of the stadium, I'm like, so now it's not a Wolverine movie? You wait till the last five minutes of the movie... And now it's not a Wolverine movie. Which, by the way, I thought the only way that you could kill Wolverine was drowning him, right? Because he can't heal from that. If he suffocates from no oxygen, how does he recover? I guess if you pump the oxygen out, I don't know. There's no healing factor that'll put oxygen back in your lungs. Guess it is for Hugh Jackman. I guess that would have fucked up the continuity and the timeline of the movie. People don't take into account the space-time continuum when you write these stories. Nope. Because if Wolverine dies in the 60s, that means he can't be there in the future to be sent back into the past. Credits. That was a fucked up scene, though, how he just started penetrating him with those iron bars i was like wow that's gotta suck yeah it kind of reminded me of the comic where he took the metal out of wolverine yeah looked pretty painful yep which would have been cool to see done in later movies i'm really anxious to see what they do with the next one if they are going to include apocalypse which they are planning on doing according to that teaser at the end which kind of a shitty portrayal of apocalypse well i mean it's the younger version of himself he's supposed to be considered the first mutant but isn't he supposed to be timeless like never aging was there ever a young apocalypse wait a second Hold on, before we get into that, can we talk about the whole Cyclops and Jean Grey thing? So you're telling me that they avert catastrophe, Wolverine goes back to the future, (laughs) and the first thing he sees is fucking Femke Jansen again. Okay, I thought we were not rid of her. I was actually looking forward to the whole every dream sequence where they bring her back. Not top 50 in my book. I mean, okay. Okay, so Scott's alive. How the fuck did that happen? They pulled a Star Trek with this movie, is what they're saying. So they basically, now they're taking into account continuity, timeline, and the space-time continuum. But before, they just threw it out the window. So they're saying that everything that happened in X-Men Days of Future Past is canceling out X-Men 1, 2, and 3. Which, by the way, kind of a nice move. That means smart. All that travesty that we hated about X2 and X3. X2 is actually my favorite X-Men movie of the original trilogy. Well, a lot of people argue that this is the best X-Men movie of the series, but that's not saying much considering the series as a whole. It's kind of... I just meant the original trilogy. Although I do like the nod, especially in this one, of Wolverine goes through the metal detector and he's looking around he's like, hmm. Which made me think of the first X-Men movie where he goes through the metal detector, goes off, Cyclops turns around, and he gives them basically the finger with the claws. And the time he goes through the metal detector in the Wolverine movie, Easter egg, 
where he says, I'll opt oh, out. Yeah, I'll take the pat down. Actually, I'm wondering if he goes through a metal detector in every single one. I'm going to have to check that. I don't think he goes through one in Wolverine Origins, but... Yeah, so... Can we leave Jean Grey alone, please? Enough. Yeah, another person that I don't care about dying because I know she's going to come back anyway. That's why I really don't care for almost any X-Men female characters. I feel like not one of them can handle their shit. Storm, you throw in a box, it's over with. She can never do enough damage. Rogue, she touches somebody longer than two seconds, she can't handle it. Jean Grey, if somebody has too strong of a mind, she's fucking losing her shit. Psylocke, same thing. I'm like, what the fuck? is wrong with you just do your shit and Famke Jensen probably better cast she looks better in Taken than she does in X-Men she does look better in Taken than she does in X-Men but Taken I wanted to punch her in the face I just want to bang the daughter it's just gonna be like no you're not sending our daughter to Europe credits right slap her with your giant cock and that's it credits and then I would have been the person who shoved it in Famke Jensen's face I told you not to send her to Europe Liam Neeson in the movie Taken. Clearly you're a better man than I. Yes. And that's why I'm scared if my daughter's ever taken. So anyway, Apocalypse after the credits. Awesome nod. Great villain. As I said, Age of Apocalypse. Great storyline. Very, very excited to see where they take it. I hope they make them into this huge, giant, freaking beast of a creature. On par with... Thanos in Avengers. I hope they go the full nine. And I hope what we saw at the end of X-Men Days of Future Past isn't the extent of how they're going to make Apocalypse or I will be so pissed. And I would actually like to see them bring Sinister into that story. Oh man, Nathaniel Essex would be hard to pull off. Yeah, but it might make Cyclops look like more of a hero though. If only. Or maybe they could bring back Havoc. Technically they have the same power. Yep. So I think that's it. Yeah, all gripes aside, overall, not going to lie, it's an entertaining movie. I'll give it four out of five stars. If I happen to get invited to see it again, I think I would. I don't know that I would buy, again, the DVD on opening day, but maybe when it went discounted. Might be my favorite X-Men movie. I don't know if it really holds up against Last Stand, or even the new Wolverine movie, which... Last Stand, or... No, not the Last Stand. I was going to say... First class. I was going to say, Last Stand is nobody's <coughs> favorite X-Men movie. Pissing on Graves is a little more entertaining than The Last Stand. I'm going to oh say it. Oh, my God. We should have pissed on some... Nobody died in any of those X-Men movies since now and then? Because we could have pissed on somebody's fucking grave in yeah. that whole X-Series, but I guess not. Yeah, no. But I don't know if it is better than First Class. I really enjoyed First Class or the new Wolverine movie. Definitely on par, going in the right direction. I really like how Professor Xavier and Wolverine reconnected at the end of the movie. I'm anxious to see how they discuss their conversation. Or maybe the next movie will come along and they'll just pretend that never happened like they did with Professor Xavier never explaining. I think that movie led directly into going towards Days of Future Past. Like, here's Magneto and Professor X teaming up because they know something bad is coming. But again, how about an explanation? Professor Xavier was too old and fragile... I don't send think, back into the past. I don't think... See, because unlike Marvel, Fox doesn't know where they're taking shit yet. They're like, okay, we're going to end with this. You start working on that now while Marvel's like, okay, we got the next fucking 20 years planned out. We're good. Just get us cast. We need casting. So, yeah. We didn't cover everything that we usually cover on um, that just happened. This is like a little bonus edition, so we're probably still going to have another episode sometime this week. Yeah. We'll definitely keep recording. Yep. Again, I'm going to be leaving... On a midnight train to Georgia. And I hate to pull that song again, but I wouldn't do Ray Charles's Georgia justice if I tried to sing that. But I'd like to hear that now. This might be our upcoming episode that'll be posted next week, which means you'll be hearing it while I'm gone, unless Adam goes solo and we find a way to get me the file so I can edit it. Gorilla tactics in this bitch. You you might just listen to this voice for an hour. Don't worry, I'll do other voices and I'll, you know, argue with myself a little bit. 
just record one part of you in a monologue and then record <laughs> why is you're listening to that one recorded part go no I don't like what you just said there do I have to cough in the middle of it or can I just do it without it I was gonna edit that out <laughs> but yeah that's all for this week yep we're gonna call that a podcast I'm Rodney Sinio. Uh, I'm Adam Flores and um that just happened take it easy guys snick snicked snicky snicky snowing what he's Come doing on, is imitating Wolverine's snick, berserker snick, attack with his adamantium claws